0: Hello and welcome to the I'm Walking Here podcast. Come and listen to some idiots talk about sports and give their takes for a while. Welcome to an episode of I'm Walking Here. I'm your resident master, as always, Ian music and I'm joined by my good friend, as always, the New Yorker, Bryce Olds. How are you doing today, Bryce? I'm
1: doing good. Y'all like that ad, though. I know y'all hear that ad. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh... It's so gonna it's, be really it's, weird it's if it's effect. not there. It's just it's gonna be weird <laughs> if it's not there.
0: Yeah, that's a possibility. Ho- hopefully, Anchor is working correctly, and you did just hear an ad for Anchor, uh, so huge shout-out for them. We're gonna make a little bit of revenue out of uh, doing these episodes. Well, they wouldn't do it otherwise, so... Yeah. Um, so,
1: it's the NBA Finals.
0: It is the NBA Finals. Times time. Nights. And, uh, well, we're recording on Friday today. Where It's one of those days. And, uh, well, Game 1
1: was last night. Yeah. So, Game 1, the Raptors, uh, they won. They Raptors. Did I mean, I was impressed. I'm going to talk about Game 1 a little bit. I mean, we'll talk about the whole finals. But I'll start with Game 1. I was really impressed with the Raptors. Um, I think everyone was. Uh, I think they knew that Kawhi would be the focus of the, uh, of the defense for the Warriors. So they really they took a chance, really, because it could have been it could have failed miserably, relying on Sakim to get the points he did because he was um earlier to start of the playoffs he was not exactly um that great, but I mean yeah, what he did you go he really
0: thought? didn't show up that much in the playoffs coming into this game, so I guess that he had a little he had a couple here and there he did, yeah, but like. Definitely. I mean, he went thirty-two, eight, five last I mean, night. Nothing, nothing like that. I mean,
1: I mean, he came out of nowhere for that one. Um, I think. Oh, what did he go last night? Like thirteen to fifteen, something like that. Yeah,
0: thirteen to fifteen. I think it was two or three from the from outside. And uh, yeah, I.
1: I think um. They did a really great job of being prepared for um. For the Kawhi to be focused on, I think it shows. Um, it shows that Nick Nurse knows what he's doing.
0: Oh, definitely, yeah. He uh, definitely, he definitely knows what he's doing. I mean, he's he's ready to give the Warriors. Uh, he's ready to give him a good matchup. It's not going to be like uh, the Cavs a couple of years back or the last couple of years where uh, the Warriors just kind of won the series and easily. The Raptors, they're Putting up a really good fight, and that's partially because good coaching, partially because this is a better roster than the Warriors have seen in the finals as of lately. Um, I don't know if this means that the Raptors are going to be able to win the series. Uh, Obviously, KD wasn't playing Game One. Uh, It turns out he's not playing in Game Two either. So uh, that's going to be huge, though. If uh, the Raptors pull off Game Two, they could
1: win the series. Well, let's relax. I mean. Let's relax because that's just listen. Listen, this happened to the Bucks. It did. Yeah, they won their first two at home and got beaten four straight. So I'm not going to sit here and say all oh, the series is over. Oh, I'm, um, not, I'm not saying the series is going to be over, even if they win. You game think two, if they, they win game two, the series is over? No. I
0: said. It it's a, not, I said it's a possibility. Well, obviously it's a possibility. Well, a stronger possibility. Listen, when you're playing
1: the Warriors, the series isn't over until you win four games. And no one has been able to do that since 2016. No one has beaten the Warriors in a playoff series since 2016. Jeez, that that's true. Do you know what year we're in?
0: We're in the Lord's year
1: 2019. Yeah, that's, see what my problem is? Uh, yes. So, when you have a team like that, you can't you can't say stuff like that when you have a team as good as the Warriors and who's been here five years straight. It's you can't say yeah you know I think if the Raptors do this then they'll take the series. No, they take the series when they win four games. Oh yeah, they, I'm, oh yeah. Um, by by no means am I saying that this series
0: is over after game two if the Raptors can win it. I'm not gonna be one of those. I'm not gonna be that kind of guy. Because that's just flat out not true. You know, you do need four games to win the series. I just think that they have a really... Well, a really good chance? I don't know if that's the right words. But if they can win game two... I don't
1: don't know. Okay, maybe they win game two, right? Right. But KD comes back in game three, and it's a totally different series. It absolutely is. So I, I don't think the first two games... I think if KD comes back before their before the deficit gets to like a three zero or three one, I think they I don't know if the Raptors could do it because the because it was not like a blowout game like it was like it was a pretty close hard fought game last night, and the Warriors didn't have their best player. That's true. That is true. So I don't. I'm not very confident. Unless unless the Raptors show me something on Sunday in Game 2 that completely changes my mind, um, I don't know how confident I am that they can beat the Warriors team with KD back. I think in terms of how they are doing without KD on the floor, I think they had a great game plan last night. I think the execution was good. I think Siakam really stepped up when he needed to. Uh, I think even Marcus Gasol was a huge part. They didn't have – the Warriors just didn't have a game plan for Marcus Gasol and he took advantage. But how often can you really rely on that um, is, gonna, is yet to be seen, I don't know. Because, like, when you have a guy like Kawhi, you know. You can, like – you can mentally say, okay, if they're not abusing Kawhi off the ball, we can get it to him and he can get his points, but a guy like Siakam or even a Marcus Gasol sometimes, it's not, like, that automatic.
0: Yeah, those aren't guys that, like, when you're looking at a, a game plan, those aren't, like, your top threat guys necessarily. Well, I'm, I mean... I obviously the number one
1: option there. There's no one... No one needs yeah, to tell you of that. of course. Yeah. But, I mean... It... See, this game one's interesting because now it shows the Warriors they can't really abuse Kawhi like that because with with taking Kawhi completely out of the game it opens up the game for Siakam and Gasol who are probably the two biggest parts of the offense last night oh, yeah. um i mean and they had a great the Raptors had a great defensive night uh i thought i thought they did a good job they were really really aggressive And I think they need to be. They need to be pesky, because if they're not, and if they're, you know, complacent and not sprinting to cover these screens, and they're not, you know, fighting for every loose ball, they're not going to beat the Warriors. And I think Nick Nurse knows that. Yeah, you cannot play passive against the Warriors. Yeah, you need to be right in their
0: face. They'll expose that shit all day if you don't get up in their face, play really aggressive.
1: I think it's good for the Warriors that they got Boogie moving around a little more. Um... Obviously, KD not playing in Game 2 is going to be an issue for them. They do get Iguodala back. That'll help. Iggy, Iggy coming back will help, but, I mean, they need KD. I mean, everyone knows they need yeah, KD back. of course. Obviously, yes, they swept the Blazers without Kevin Durant, but this isn't the Blazers. <laughs> this is the
0: best team in the East, where the East isn't complete dog shit this year. It
1: never was. That's just something... You you Celtics fans like to say. I mean, it, to, to it, credit it, LeBron, but it was never that bad. The it, the
0: East has been pretty bad some years.
1: It some West has been bad some years too. It happens. Sometimes that just happens that
0: way. Well, it's hard. It's hard to really talk about the West being bad when the Warriors come out of it every year. Just because not even because the well, West no, is I bad. No, I mean, I mean, I'm talking like,
1: like back, I'm talking like early 2010s before the Warriors. All right so what do you want to move into now
0: well um, sticking with the NBA finals well, actually before that uh, what, I want to see what your predictions are for this
1: series like how many games does it go I guess you already said I, the Warriors are winning it
0: I I am
1: confident I was confident in the Warriors in 6 I don't know if I want to I think Warriors in 6 is plausible because I don't it really depends when KD comes back honestly I'm going to... Alright, yeah. You know what? Finish what you're saying. I don't... If KD comes back, I got to pick the Warriors. But if he doesn't come back, I don't know if the Warriors can beat the Raptors.
0: Yeah, I'm going to say... I'm going to say say the series goes six games. Who wins it depends on when KD comes back. So if KD doesn't come back until like game four, I'll say Raptors in six. If KD does come back, I'll say Warriors in six.
1: I don't know, it really
0: all depends on KD. It really does. Yeah. Uh, sticking with the NBA Finals, um, you had a really good idea when we were playing in this episode, and uh, you wanted to do a little fun idea of like our favorite NBA Finals moments of the past decade or so, the ones that we've really been around to see, because we're both 19, yeah. so uh, the past 10, 12 years or so... Um... Just our favorite moments of uh that have happened in the NBA Finals since that time frame. So, uh, do you want to start, or I think we were just gonna. We should just.
1: Well, do you I think. Well, for me, I got a couple. I mean, I'm thinking. Um, I would say one of them up there for me was uh the ch- bronze last good defensive play that chased chase down the game, game seven. Yep.
0: That that was a uh, oh man, Twitter that Twitter that night was. That was,
1: a, I mean that was just unreal, man. That fun, that chase down block was just something else.
0: It really was because you know you see him just going. I don't remember who was going up. Uh, it, was it was Iguodala. Yeah, yeah, Iguodala. He, it looks like it's a sure thing, and then Bron just comes out of nowhere like a heat seeking
1: missile and just chases him down. Stuck I think Iggy was near like the top of the key, and Braun was at half court.
0: Yeah, and then Braun
1: just he sacrificed any defensive ability after that for that play. He
0: gave up, he gave up defense for the rest of his career just so we could That's have that one it. moment. It was
1: worth it. It was worth
0: it because it. It uh, my one of probably one of my personal favorite finals moments is that entire series where the Warriors was...
1: blew a three to one lead. I mean, that was a good series. It didn't really get good until, like, Game 5. but Yeah,
0: but I, that's, it, I don't know, it's like, it was it was a lot like um, the Super Bowl 51 the next year. You know, it starts off, like, you know, it's going to be a blowout, and then just slowly but surely they chip away, and then you got, um, the Game 7 in this, that's like Edelman catching the tip pass... Well, I mean... And then Kyrie stealing the championship. Mm, the I don't know right about that. That's like James Kyrie, White. No, because Bron actually
1: had to go against the MVP in that 3-1 comeback. So, I, I disagree with that.
0: I mean, it's not a perfect analogy. I'm just trying to, like, equate it to
1: something. I think the th- No, I think the 3-1's a better comeback than that. Because that's just, like, that's three whole I mean, games. Yeah, exactly. It's a hard, it's a hard one to
0: compare. Because, like, comparing a football comeback to an NBA Finals comeback...
1: That's why I hate... That's why, like, all... Old- brady and jordan are comparable it's like they're not they're not comparable it's different sports and jordan never lost the finals and won all of his finals mvps so i don't know where that comparison even comes from it's a weird one
0: i just think it's the dominance between the two sports that gets the big comparison mm, but brady wasn't as dominant So it's not... I mean, they've both won six championships. Yeah, but Jordan never... Okay,
1: but Jordan never lost one, and Jordan has six finals MVPs where Tom Brady does not. So he's not as dominant.
0: I mean, at the same time, though, if, according to... uh, With that logic, he's also dominated that conference more times than Jordan has. If Brady's been to nine... Yeah, but we say that
1: about Braun, and you make fun of him for his finals record.
0: I personally don't make fun of braun for his finals record i know other people that's really. just in general that's in yeah. general i don't know the narrative just doesn't work that it has to work the, the, it's it's not a perfect it's 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 definitely a very weird analogy to make. well i won't even say it's a weird analogy to make because it definitely makes sense like why people would want to compare them it just doesn't it just doesn't work 100
1: no. percent But in terms of finals moments, I think um, that would probably be the number one I remember the most, and I probably will always remember that one the most. That's definitely a memorable That's number one, one but I don't know where I'd rank the other ones, per se. I think the the Kyrie shot a couple of minutes afterwards is up there. Yeah, for that, I had that one on my list. Uh, the Ray Allen corner three was classic. Easily. I mean, just all these Mike Breen calls. <laughs> uh. I think, uh, the, uh, I know this one's a little far back and I don't necessarily remember watching it, but that AI crossover on Tyron Lue.
0: That was, yeah, we, I'm pretty sure that's, uh, 2001, wasn't it? Yeah. So that was, I don't necessarily that I remember. remember. Yeah. I, don't remember. I mean, seeing the highlights of that, that clip on YouTube. Yeah, but it's a, yeah, it's
1: a classic. So it it's is like, a classic,
0: yeah. You know. Um, a personal favorite of mine, uh, of course it's the Celtics, the 08 finals, uh, game four, they came back from 24 down to take a 3-1 lead. That was just... It was something special because that Celtics team was really special, and I really... It, I just remember that was, the, like, one of the first times I really got to see a championship for a team I rooted for. I mean, I had a couple moments like that. I mean, I, I watched the 2005 Super Bowl, but I was... Didn't
1: the, the Sox win the year game. before that?
0: The Sox in 04, but I don't really remember that. Oh, yeah. Didn't... Oh, 07, yeah. They did beat the Rockies that year, didn't they?
1: No one remembers
0: that one. I mean, that one, the Rocky, the NL was kind of mid that year. And well, the, that yeah,
1: Red Sox team, that was a special, place. that was a really good team, but like... Um, so I'm assuming they runner our test three in game seven was not. On I, list.
0: I mean, that was a... <sighs> Yeah, it's the other side of the coin.
1: Other side of the coin. Didn't feel
0: good, but Yeah, it's the other side
1: of the coin. I
0: I guess that
1: life gives and life takes. Does it... a <laughs> So I think I would put the runner test I mean runner test is runner test, bro. He's nuts. I kind of I kinda like Iron runner test. I mean he's just such a weird Because, like he's just such a scumbag. Like but god damn, bro, he's fun to watch on the court like in his prime anyway. He doesn't play anymore, but dude, Metal World Peas was out there, bro. <laughs> oh man, yeah, he And I don't know what was I don't know what I hated more. Or I didn't r okay. I am gonna say hate more. I don't remember personally watching Malice in the Palace, but we all know. Malice what in the Palace, is. that's uh Um Or the the time he just straight up elbowed James Harden in the <laughs> in the jaw, <laughs> that was another good time. I think one of the one of the finals memories I remember. I don't know why I really remember it, but that Robert Horry three against the Pisari Dave. By the way, um, <laughs> against the, the Pistons, that was a that was one thing I remember. That's
0: uh, that's two thousand five, right? Yeah, that was oh five.
1: I mean, there's just so many finals moments, in. I mean the whole. I think that whole Mavericks fun, Mavericks run, that whole Dirk run in 2011 was just mind-boggling. Yes, that
0: yeah. I mean that that finals was crazy.
1: It was man, because Dirk was just. I can't even explain it. Dirk, he was automatic that series. That's just like... I think that... I know Dirk's whole career is legendary, but I think that was really what sparked the whole international basketball movement we see. Like, just that finals.
0: You know, I I could definitely see that. I mean... Because he just was so unbelievable. You know, that actually kind of segues into something else uh, nicely. So, um... Recently, like within the last couple of days... Uh, R.J. Hampton, one of the top prospects coming into college basketball, isn't even playing in college basketball.
1: No, went to New Zealand.
0: He is playing in New Zealand, yes. And, uh, I mean, that's definitely something, because he turned down some pretty big schools, especially Kansas. Like, he turned down an offer for them. But I like this. I like this idea because he's going to be going to New Zealand. He's going to be playing professional ball. He's going to be making a living for. A, I guess he. I don't know. It, it does the one and done year rule. Does the one and done rule? Would that work for like international too? Or
1: I don't know. I think it depends on his contract and what he's got uh, with the team he signed with. But I think this move is. It's good. It's a um. It's a smart one, I think it's a move you'll see more of if the n c a a doesn't start figuring it out, especially for well, for basketball anyway, football we talked about this last week that football has a monopoly where like you can't really do this,
0: i mean, yeah, you can't go onto like the c f l or something like
1: that or uh yeah, like the c f l like if you go play in the c f l or like arena like you're not gonna get drafted high or even at all, <laughs> so I, I like the move. I think more players should do this. I feel like more players should go play pro ball if they have the ability and talent. They should go play pro ball in another country and develop their skills against pros and you know get themselves ready for the NBA that way and make money doing it because they're obviously going to get paid to playing pro basketball.
0: Yeah, and, I like that this option's available for kids now because like you know, if you don't want to if you have the talent to be an elite NBA player and you don't want to go play in college for a year when you could be playing
1: professionally and
0: making money elsewhere. I like that the options available for kids to do that.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's one of the perks the NBA has and one of the advantages they have over the NFL is there's just there's different. There's different actual pipelines to the league. You don't have to go through college to get to the league, and I think that is really helpful for them because it opens the game up on an international level. It opens the game up um, everywhere. I mean, every country in the world really, you know, could could produce basketball talent. Or in terms of football. It's not really the case because only one country really plays it.
0: Yeah, that's, it's, you know, as much as I would love to see an international scene for football. They tried. I mean, I mean They've they tried it a number of they times. They tried. They tried NFL make.
1: Europe. It collapsed. Uh,
0: they got the international series, which, I mean, I don't, uh, I mean, I, I never get the chance to watch them because they're usually really early in the morning.
1: I, it's, it's not Man, dude, it's like they throw these terrible games out there. It's yeah, like the, I mean, they, they right, so they've got—I don't know why they've the
0: NFL—they've got, uh, got four London games this season, and then one in Mexico City. Once again, the Mexico City game is the only good game on the slate this year. And this year's Me- or last year's Mexico City game, which was the Rams Chiefs, didn't even get paid played in Mexico City because the field sucked.
1: No, the They'd, field wasn't condition. Yeah, that well, yeah. Um, so they, well, they the, I don't the remember that. I don't remember the London games, because you, do you have, um, those? I don't remember. I just remember they weren't good they're games. They're not good. They're never good games. Because it's not like they're sending the Super Bowl champs It doesn't, it makes
0: me wonder why, if they're trying to make the NFL catch on in Europe, why wouldn't they send good games to Europe?
1: If they I don't know. Have to
0: catch on overseas because they. I don't
1: think have the Patriots ever played any. Yeah, in, they played. They played in oh. London.
0: One, they played in London at least once because I remember they played it. They played the Rams there
1: a few years ago. Yeah, a few years ago. That's the kind of matchup we need to be sending out there now.
0: Yeah, because this. Is, I mean, Patriots Rams nowadays, or even send Chiefs Rams overseas or something like that, or Patriots Saints. Get a game with two really
1: teams. Get it? Like, I don't understand. If you're not going to send good games over there, why even send games over there? I don't even know why they send games over there. It's, the NFL's never going to come back to Europe. It's just not It's not plausible. It doesn't make sense. So, I don't know why they even do it. I think it's stupid. I I think they should just not do it. But they continue to.
0: I mean, I'd much rather they send good games over because it, it just seems counterintuitive if you're going to send your bad games. It, it's it's like the Thursday Night Football. Why would you schedule all your Thursday Night games to be really bad games? I don't know why they even do that either. They shouldn't. If, if you want Thursday Night Football to catch on, shouldn't you want good games?
1: Yeah, yeah probably games people would watch.
0: <laughs> I mean, have... geez, that's...
1: It doesn't make sense. It does. So we had a more basketball thing before we move on. This is a pretty uh, um new thing. This is a new concept to people that don't get soccer anyway. This is a new concept. Um, so Adam Silver has uh, well, the NBA, not just Adam Silver. The NBA as a whole is studying, according to Mark Stein, is studying format changes for the playoffs in terms of like a soccer-style cup play or play-in tournament for playoff spots and creating new ways to make the playoffs. And honestly, I'm not the biggest fan of this. And I'm going to explain why. Because I don't think in basketball it would much, uh, it would help. Because if you look at basketball's current playoff system, more than half the league already gets in. Yeah. There's there's 30 teams, 16 get in. So it's more than half the league. And on top of that, they said soccer-style cup tournaments and, like, playing games. You're already playing 82 games. Yeah, like
0: soccer. Soccer does not do that many games. No,
1: soccer, the Premier League plays thirty-eight, and that's like, I mean, thirty-eight compared to eighty-two is it's forty-four less games. I think my math was right I, there. I don't. I don't see it. Unless the NBA wants to reduce their season. I don't really... I think the playoffs... I personally think the playoffs should just be left alone, honestly. I don't think they should change anything. I think
0: the NBA format's really good. Although, I gotta say, though, I like that he's at least trying to keep the game fresh, and he's trying to keep... He's trying to keep, like... He's trying out new... He wants to try out new concepts. I just don't know if I like this one. But I like that he's at least trying to
1: innovate the game. Well, yeah, Adam Silver is probably the best commissioner in sports has um, I I would agree with that. He's a genius. He I just I don't see. I get what he's tr- trying to do. I just personally think they shouldn't do it this way. I personally think the way the playoffs are set up now, I think is fine. If you want to, okay. So the WNBA does this thing where they reseed teams based on I don't remember what it's based on, but they reseed throughout the playoffs. Maybe if you want to do that, maybe. Um, But in terms of just like doing this, like a play-in and a cup cup style like soccer does, I don't really see it. Uh, I don't think they should do it that way. I, I don't see it really working.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's... It, I don't. I don't think it would be the right fit, but like I said, you know, it. They have uh, They have ideas, and I don't think most of these ideas are even gonna make it through the uh, idea phase into the actual executing phase. But again, I just. I like that even if the ideas aren't good. I like that they're at least trying to innovate the game. It keeps things yeah. fresh, keeps things interesting, and it shows that they care about the sport. You know, they show that they care by trying to make it better by trying out new ideas. Um, like I said, it might not necessarily be good ideas, but it, it's the thought that counts, you know?
1: At least for most of these. It's, yeah. So, what are we moving into next? I think that's good for basketball yeah, for the day. we've talked a lot of basketball. Um, last few episodes,
0: it's just been a lot of basketball. That's all it's yeah, going Yeah, it's on. that kind of season. Yeah, so, um, this is going to be a shorter episode this week, but, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, NFL Draft... We uh, got the OTAs going on now. And uh, it really got us thinking about uh, the rookies that we're going to be excited to see this NFL season. And I've got a list of some that I'm really looking forward to seeing. And uh, believe it or not, they're not all Patriots, guys. There's actually some other teams on there. Uh, Bryce, I'm sure you got some other others on your list, too. So, Noah, I'll, I'll start things off with... Uh, the Patriot that I'm looking forward most to seeing, and as excited as I am to see Nikhil Harry, the one I'm most excited to see is Chase Winovich, defensive end out of Michigan. You're kidding me? I mean, I, I look. It, You're it, not it, serious. To see an explosive edge rusher that you know
1: he's been. Oh, oh what? It would be boring if I said Chase. Harry. Look, look Nikhil I Harry I would be the I It would be the, the expected more. answer and all, but sometimes just should go with it like come on chase winovich over you're more excited to see chase winovich than neil harry no Nikhil harry i'm looking forward to seeing
0: and he's going to be a beast but i want to see what chase winovich can do at a real position of need on that team you know we lose trey flowers we bring in Evan bennett which is great and all but like i want to see what the young guy can do wait why don't not a
1: real position of
0: need not the top position of need it was a position of need i should have said but not as much as a defensive end. Well that's why I had him
1: taking uh the guy the Jets took polite. Um I mean, come on, Neil Harry's the clear, obvious number one. I mean that's just especially for you, I mean that's just
0: I mean don't get me wrong. I love Nikhil Harry. I cannot wait to see him play. And I'm super excited to seeing him. Like, you know, I mean, this is like a one-and-two thing right here. But, like, you know, what can I talk about Nikhil Harry other than that? He's Nikhil Harry, one of the best wide receivers in college football last year. Obviously, I'm excited to see him. But if I want to talk about it, I mean, everything that I want to say about Nikhil Harry has already been said. You know, he's super explosive, can do almost anything on the field. What what else can I really say?
1: I guess not much. Alright, who are you looking forward to seeing, Bryce? Well, I, I'm interested. I don't I'm looking forward and interested. I wanna see how Kyler Murray does, because I'm just <laughs> I'm still baffled that he's even playing football. So I'm interested to see how he does. I mean it's kinda I feel like I'm kinda nervous that it's just gonna be kinda like a car wreck that he just it's so bad he can't look away from. Uh, because Arizona is not a very good team, um, yeah. But I'm I'm definitely interested to see how Kyler Murray does.
0: Yeah, I mean, it'll definitely it's definitely going to be one that like you know years down the line, it's going to be wondering if uh if he made the right decision by playing football or if he should have stuck with baseball because obviously he had a nice contract with the Oakland Athletics. He decided he didn't want to play baseball. He wanted to play football, and next thing you know, he's the number one overall pick. So uh, he's going to have some big expectations, and if he turns out to be a bust, this might be one of the bigger what-if stories in football.
1: Yeah. I would, I would agree with that.
0: All right. So the next rookie I'm really looking forward to seeing I'm really excited to see what Josh Allen's going to do on Jacksonville because you know Jacksonville's always got a really really good pass rush. So you had the, one of the best pass rushers in this draft that, frankly, shouldn't have fallen to seven. But we all know how that went. We already talked about how all that went. Yeah, are we going to see the Saxonville from 2017, or is it going to, or
1: is Jacksonville going to Jacksonville? It's plausible that we see a defense like that again. I mean, at all, or excuse me, Josh Allen is that kind of player. I mean, he is that good. So Jacksonville being on top of the league for defense again does seem like it's it, it could happen.
0: Yeah, it's, you know, how did Josh Allen fall to seven? I don't know. Ask the Raiders, man. I think there's someone else I want to ask too, but, uh like the Buccaneers. No, I think Devin White was a good fit there. Uh, But, you know, it's close to the Buccaneers pick.
1: Is it?
0: Yeah, it's like one after or so like that, you know. Oh, yeah? Took uh, some lanky guy from Duke instead of... Oh, yeah, R.J. Barrett. Nope, wrong Duke athlete. Oh. And it's not Zion. It's not Cam.
1: I don't know who you're talking about. I I have no recollection of this. Do you? Right. I don't. You, you sure about that? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm very sure about that. All right. All right. So, uh, who are you looking? Who else are you looking forward to seeing? I'm kind of interested, since you wanted to name uh, uh, just some some defensive player. I'm kind of interested to see what DeAndre Baker does. I think DeAndre Baker was a very good pick. I think he. I don't know why he was even there, at 30, honestly. I don't think there was a cornerback picked ahead of him. No, was he was the, the f- first one. I don't know how he didn't go before 30. Um, I think he was probably the only good draft pick the Giants made in the first round. And, uh, and they had three of them. Yeah, they went one of three, and the only good one was at 30. That's good. That's always a good, uh, good sign that you're doing the right things. Of course. That pick got thrown around a lot, too. That was New Orleans' pick, that was Green Bay's pick, and it was Seattle's pick. That Yeah, that's true, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm excited for DeAndre Baker. I think he's going to be a good talent.
0: Yeah, I think that was a solid pick. I mean, there are a lot of corners on the board, obviously. and Every corner. Literally possibly. every corner. I mean... Yeah.
1: Every corner is still and important. you see, like,
0: some corners that went just a few picks later on, on day two. You had Byron Murphy and Rocky Asin the first two picks of that night. Uh, later on, Trayvon Mullen, Greedy Williams went a little bit later, Joan Williams. You know, that there were a lot of solid picks there, and DeAndre Baker might have been the best one. Um, I'm going to move on to my next one because I did just name him. I'm super excited to see what Greedy Williams can do for the
1: Browns defense. I don't know. He, he slipped because of his size. He did, but he's still a very explosive corner. He's smart. He's very good in he's, corner. He's, Great coverage. He's fast. He's smart. He's got the intangibles and the skills. It's just it's a matter of the size thing. So
0: and we'll obviously see how. Size it is
1: a tough thing to overcome
0: when you play corner. you got to be.
1: Yeah, if you're, if you're a small corner.
0: guy, you got to be locked down. you got to be able to. you got to be all yeah. over the place if you're a small guy. Which obviously that's kind of tough to do. But Greedy Williams might be the most talented corner in this draft. Who knows? Might be. He might depends be. on how he does with his size. Uh, yeah. So uh, who do you got next?
1: I'm interested. I'm really interested in the in Hollywood Brown. To be honest. Because that pick, to me, was kind of weird, considering um, Lamar Jackson showed us that his deep ball accuracy is um, not good. Yes, it was definitely an
0: interesting uh, combination here, taking a quarterback with possibly the worst deep ball in the NFL right now in Lamar Jackson and pairing him up with a deep threat wide receiver in Marquise Brown.
1: Yeah, to me, um, I could see it going... A couple ways. I don't know. I mean, maybe Jackson's been developing his his deep ball this this off season. I don't know, but I mean, getting a deep threat like this for a guy who hasn't shown you that he can't hit deep threats is kind of strange, but. I mean, we'll see how it goes. He's a fun player, for sure. Oh, yeah. He,
0: you know, if, if Lamar gets a deep ball, that combination is going to be dirty. Yeah, it well, that's is. a big if, because Lamar Jackson has never been known as a deep threat quarterback. All right. So, my next guy is also a wide receiver. I got Paris Campbell from the Indianapolis Colts.
1: Paris Campbell.
0: Because I think that's a guy who shouldn't have slipped as far as he did. And yet he was like, uh, I don't know, he was at least the f- fourth or fifth wide receiver taken in the second round. Um, some people had him going like late first, early second, and said he went pick 59, so like towards the end of uh, the second round. So now you got Andrew Luck, who's coming back, looked like a top quarterback that we all expected him to be coming out of the draft, and that he had some big moments before he, the injury bug hit him a bunch. So now you got a... Uh, an offense that's back to its former glory and you take another really explosive threat in Paris Campbell you line him up with T.Y. Hilton and you got Andrew Luck who's gonna slaughter the AFC South this year because the Colts
1: are just they're good again the Colts are one of my favorite teams this year I think they're gonna be um they're gonna be great. I think the Colts are gonna win a lot. They're gonna they're gonna make some noise. Oh, they're sure. a very good team, man. Them and the Chargers, they're they're both very very good teams. Not, I mean, good is it like all around? I mean, I think honestly, the three most well rounded teams might be the Colts, Chargers, and Browns. Honestly. Yeah,
0: who would have thought that those would be the top three? I mean I guess I guess the Chargers have always been kinda like
1: Yeah, they've kinda of been well rounded. They're well rounded, but now they have like actual like skill, yeah. like great players at all these positions. Instead of just like good ones.
0: Yeah, so who who do you got next?
1: I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with Irv Smith Junior. Because Irv Smith Jr. um went to a team that already has a tight end. Yeah, and Kyle Rudolph's a pretty good one too. Kyle Rudolph's a solid tight end. And I don't know, I maybe they'll coexist, maybe they'll get rid of Rudolph. I, I think don't know.
0: I think they're trying to deal Rudolph.
1: Well they they can. They have the luxury because Irv Smith is that's a good tight end, man. That's that's
0: I mean, aside That's... from Hawkinson and Fant, he was probably the best tight end in this class. Yeah, he's probably the third best tight end
1: in this class behind the two Iowa guys. Uh, he's going to be their tight end for a long time, man. Ersmith Jr. is going to be something special, I think, at tight end.
0: Yeah, I think you're definitely right. It's, uh, yeah, that, it's definitely going to be a good fit in Minnesota, I think. I don't know how often they really use tight ends in their offense, but I know Kyle Rudolph, he was a solid player for them. And I think that uh, whether they use him and Smith or they deal Rudolph for draft capital or something else, no matter how they use him, as long as they use him in their offense and they use him to his full potential, I think he'll be a solid fit, great player, going to be a solid option for the Vikings for at least a
1: decade. Yeah, I think he's one of those guys who I could see being in the league for... Really
0: as long as he wants. Uh, yeah. All right, so for my next one, I'm going to cheat a little bit, and I'm going to name two players here because I thought this was really interesting. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals, they, in the first, really the first three rounds, because the second of these guys was the first pick of the fourth round. Um, we're going to talk Andy Isabella and Hakeem Butler. So you got Kyler Murray first overall, and you draft two new wide receivers to go with that. I mean, drafting two wide receivers in the first really three and change. I just think that's really interesting that they really did that. Um, Obviously they took Andy, they took Andy Isabella 62nd overall, and then they took Butler 103rd overall Uh, match that up with Larry Fitzgerald. And even though you really didn't do anything to address the offensive line this season, you got a nice slot guy in Andy Isabella. You got a outside guy, a big body in Hakeem Butler.
1: It's... Listen. Listen, listen. People... I don't know. I don't understand this Andy Isabella shit. I don't get it. I don't see it. What, he's just fast. He's, he's fast. fast. He's got good
0: hands. He's a really... He's going to be a really good slot guy.
1: With no line?
0: Yeah, no line, obviously. They need to get an offensive line. I don't...
1: Listen... You need a line first before we can start calling receiver tangents deadly because it's just it's just not going to work without a line. But I don't know. man. I've never been high on this Isabella hype. I know he's fast. I get that. He, he's he's quick. I understand. But I mean, is that really all it takes? Of course, of course, you need an offensive line. You know, I mean.
0: Did they even... I don't know if they actually drafted an offensive lineman in this draft. They had to have at some point. I ho- I certainly hope they did, because... Let's see, Kyler... Byron Murphy... They... They drafted a center in the sixth round. Wow. And that was it.
1: Wow. Oh, wait, no, they drafted they a
0: tackle in the seventh round. Never mind. So you Oh, know, wow. <laughs>
1: so they drafted... The 6th and 7th round blind man. Yeah, that's really so that's...
0: Yeah. Alright. Um, definitely, yeah.
1: Kyler's going to be scrambling for his life. But, uh... I can't believe... Like, to me, it's ridiculous, because my next guy got picked, like, two picks after Isabella. I'm, I'm looking at DK Metcalf, bro. DK Metcalf? Uh, with, with Russell Wilson, that's if he going to be a. a mid, it's definitely going to be a combination okay. to go with. If he wasn't with a good QB, I wouldn't bring him up. That is, I end- that's fair. I mean, he, we're
0: talking Russell Wilson. <laughs> Russell Wilson's an elite quarterback, and DK Metcalf. I mean, great combine. Not I, really. I mean, he really good forty, really good bench. Um, well, all right, I won't say great combine because Tom Brady had a faster three-cone drill, but
1: he, listen, I mean, he's going he... to If there's a QB that can make it work, it's Russell Wilson. Or, like, an elite QB, like, him could make Matt Calf work. And that's why I'm excited to see what he does.
0: I mean, he's gonna. He's, his, someone said his route tree is literally going to be an arrow, meaning that he's just going to run yeah. the go or the fly route. But maybe, maybe that's like a, all. Maybe that's all they'll need out of him.
1: That's all they're going to need. That's all. The, that's all they're going to need. He's just going to. He's just going to run straight down the field, get in jump ball situations, and do his thing. That's really all he's going to do. He obviously, can't do anything else. But sometimes you just don't need him to. That might. Yeah, that might just be all he needs.
0: Uh, so, so how many have we done now? We've done, what, four
1: each? I don't know. I, I'm I think, pretty good. I think on we've done four one. each.
0: Let's do one more each. I think All right, right. I can could, I could find one more I'm interested in. All right. Uh, we'll go with uh, the guy that should have gone to the Giants, but we'll we'll go with Dwayne Haskins here, who is probably the best quarterback in this draft class. Yet somehow, I don't know, I, I guess that Senior Bowl was enough for uh, your New York football Giants
1: to... uh Mine. <laughs>
0: Uh, um, at, at least at one point, you're... I
1: you're... am not Amara. Am Do not attach any association of this to me. I'm not Amara, so don't right, so pin that pin. The ones pick that were me. formerly
0: your New York football giants, they took Daniel Jones for God knows what
1: reason. I never owned them I Well, anyway, never that's... owned the New York Football Giants. I've never had a management position with the New York Football Giants. I do not. I do not appreciate these lies being spread about me.
0: Anyway, the New York Football Giants. You know they took Daniel Jones, which uh, questionable to say the least, which led uh, Dwayne Haskins, who uh, was probably the best passing prospect in this draft to be the uh, third quarterback taken by the Washington Redskins, I mean, indigenous peoples, I apologize. And, uh, I mean, Kyler, I don't know, I mean, yeah, he's probably going to be, he, if it's everything works out, he'll probably have the best career as a dual-threat quarterback, or at least as a mobile quarterback. Daniel Jones, who fucking knows?
1: Well, that's... Well, happen. I don't... Are you mentioning... Inter- we're talking about Daniel Jones a lot. Are you interested in Daniel Jones or... I'm... I, Hans, I, I, or?
0: I'm I'm moving on to Haskins in one second. I just think it needs to be known that Daniel Jones is probably... We know. Going to a quarterback.
1: No, we already know. We don't need your explanation. That's a fact. We already know. We already know.
0: All right. So, Dwayne Haskins, you know, the Redskins have had really... Uh, they've had some quarterback concerns recently with a lot of injuries which led them right. to take Haskins who fell to them for which they should definitely if this doesn't work out I don't know how it wouldn't work out I guess Dan Snyder's going to Dan Snyder if that's how it works out but uh I'm I'm interested to see how Dwayne Haskins is going to do with the Redskins cuz I think he is going to be the best overall uh passing quarterback in this draft <sighs>
1: Yeah, he is a good pocket passer. I'm just worried about if Raza goes to a game. Oh, oh. <laughs> because Raza, if you haven't known this, Raza, the la- I think the last two DC football games Raza went to, it was the game RG three got hurt, and it was the game Alex Smith got hurt.
0: Yeah, keep so Raza that man. Away needs to from stay him away from,
1: from FedEx Field. Yeah, keep him away, please. Yeah, keep that man away. Raza, if you hear this, bro, don't go back. <laughs> Just stay away for the sake of your quarterback.
0: All right, so who do you who do you got as your last guy? And I'm there's so many
1: interesting people, man. Honestly, there's like you know you got a bunch of people that I think are could be interesting this year, but I think I'm gonna go with. I don't think people... I, you know, I like I like the defensive line. I like defense a lot. That's why I like Ed Oliver. And I think Ed Oliver kind of is a great fit, really. I think he's a great fit in Buffalo. I think he is going to do good. I think he... Maybe maybe you could have said, oh, they should have win a line. Maybe, but... Ed Oliver, you know? I mean... Imagine if the Bills lost two, like, I don't know, about two more games. Imagine if the Bills were at seven, they would have got Josh Allen. They would have had two Josh Allens. Damn, imagine if they had two Josh Allens. Bro, they had the best Josh Allen on offense and the best Josh Allen on defense. Do the Jaguars play the Bills this year? I have no idea, honestly. I I really don't. Because we could see Josh Allen sacking Josh Allen. That would be fun. That would be a good time.
0: Uh. They play the Jets this year.
1: Yeah, no Bills,
0: no Josh Allen sacking Josh Allen this year. Well, in the
1: future, I'm sure they'll play again. I'm sure eventually Josh Allen. Unless the
0: world ends after the 2019 season, which.
1: Well, that would be fun too. But that that, 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 sure that would be fun. (laughs) Yeah, but I I like Ed Oliver a lot, man. Ed Oliver, he kind of he kind of. He was a kind of a wild card in this draft too, kind of like Josh Allen, because they both came out of schools that are just like not really football schools, (laughs) and they're both really, really good.
0: I mean, at least Josh Allen had played against an SEC schedule. Ed Oliver plays in the American Conference, which is
1: yeah, okay, one of the big name conferences. Yeah, but that's why I said it's not a football school. Yeah, no, yeah, it's not a football school. It is not. uh, Kentucky's—they're both basketball. Houston and Kentucky are basketball schools, man. And they had two guys going to the top 10. Yeah. Good for them, honestly. But I, I, despite the conference, despite, as the three-year letterman, I hate the three-year letterman, bro. As he would say, it's like he didn't face the grind of an SEC schedule. Oh, okay. Which, no, he didn't. He didn't, he didn't. Yeah, that's fair. But... I think when it comes to defensive tackles, it's like I don't think that matters that much, honestly. I mean, he's an explosive guy off the ball. He's he's a freak. He's I don't think conference matters that much for interior linemen.
0: Yeah, if they're talented and they can play, it doesn't really matter who they're playing against necessarily. I I, I wouldn't be
1: too concerned Ed, about that at Oliver because
0: he's well,
1: he's a force. Okay, maybe they'll face end NFL. He's skilled. He's skilled, man. I think personally, it's like when it comes to the NFL, it's like yeah, okay, they're more talented than what you're used to, but like there's it's it's just still the same premise. There's just still big guys trying to not let you tackle the quarterback or running back or whoever's the ball. Like it's still the same idea. It's just I think Ed Oliver is a beast, and I think he's going to show that in Buffalo. That's just kind of the point. Yeah,
0: that, I mean, he's he's going to be a force for him if they can use him effectively. Uh, is there anything to talk about, or do you want to wrap this up? I think we're good, man. All right, so that'll do it for episode 42 of I'm Walking Here, coming up on that one-year episode soon enough, and uh, we got something fun planned for that, so hopefully everything works out with that. Um, Thank you for listening. Uh, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at IWHpodcast. You can follow me on Twitter at E-N-M Cusick, spelled C-U-S-I-C-K. You can follow Bryce on Twitter at it's It'sBriz, I-T-S-B-R-I-Z-Z. And that will do it. Thank you for listening, and have a good day.